Week three of NFL action is in the books, and now we're approaching week four, and we are in the mood for fantasy football. Taking a look at waiver wire targets, I'm Cody Rourke of Pro Football Network, and joined alongside by Tommy Garrett, Pro Football Network fantasy analyst. Check out all of his amazing written work, profootballnetwork.com. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button on this podcast so you stay in the know with what you need to do with your fantasy lineups on a weekly basis. Tommy, my friend, great to see you. What a week three that we saw on the National Football League setting up the round table here for week four. How you doing, my man? I'm good. Yeah, it's been, I have to say, like, I think we're all kind of a little wondering what this season is actually going to look like, you know, come out of the that mess that 2020 was. But honestly, the games so far this season have been absolutely fantastic, whether it's the, the Thursday night games, which typically have been a little lackluster, but these Sunday games, especially last weekend, where we're getting some record-breaking, uh, record-breaking plays, especially, you know, that Justin Tucker kick. Then you have that 109-yard kickoff return. Like, from start to finish, it's been a fantastic NFL season. Hopefully that continues into week four. Absolutely. Well, week three was a wild one. It is in the books, and now we are in the mood for some waiver wire targets take a look at the quarterback position this week tommy for fantasy football managers or some potential quarterback targets that maybe they should target in their waiver wires this week yeah i think the first i'm going to take a look at is going to be with the carolina pin that's going to be sam donald who right now has not seen any more ghosts that he used to see when he was in MetLife Field with adam gase uh donald has been playing really well he's got over 275 yards passing in his, uh, all three of his games, with over 300 coming in his last two, with two touchdowns coming in each of his last two games. Yes, they did lose Christian McCaffrey, but he will be back because Matt Rule did come out and say that they will he will not be going on to the IR. But this is a team that is still loaded with talent. They have Joe Brady as offense coordinator, who will be a head coach probably next year. And I've been saying, hey, Joe Brady and Justin Fields are going to look very good together in Chicago. <laughs> and it's starting to look more and more likely. But for right now, like this is a team that's loaded with talent. You have DJ Moore, who looks like, an absolute elite wide receiver that we all knew he would be. Um, even though Robbie Anderson is not doing much, he's still pulling good defenses over on that side. You have Terrence Marshall who's playing well. They did end up just getting a new trade. We'll probably talk on a little bit later at tight end. You have uh, releasing a new weapon there. So you do have a talented offense. This week, they are going against the Dallas Cowboys, who we just saw on Monday night. And believe it or not, the Dallas Cowboys have been pretty gettable in terms of uh, fantasy quarterbacks. They're sitting 21st fantasy points allowed, but they're giving up an astonishing 347 yards passing, and they've allowed seven touchdowns. You haven't seen that necessarily as much for their side of things, so they have been able to pick uh, quarterbacks off six times. But if you're looking for a place that's going to be possibly getting some good amount of passing volume, this might be a good game to target. Well, you know, and, and for Sam Darnold, too, when I look at what he's been able to do so far, yes, it's a small sample size. I think Matt Rule yes. has done a tremendous job mm -hmm. of really trying to rebuild Carolina. And obviously, I think the real big test, as you mentioned, with Christian McCaffrey's injury, how can yep. they navigate through that, right? Chuba Hubbard, Royce Freeman, those guys will get some targets. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But I, I think for Sam Darnold, the, the surprising thing, as you mentioned, DJ Moore has been his go-to guy. Absolutely. And it goes back to that Steve Smith clip where he's like, who's this uh, DJ Moore guy? Should I put him in my fancy lineup? Or should I sit him dating back to when uh, Cam Newton was still with the Carolina Panthers? It's so crazy to see how far he's evolved. But you almost have to wonder with Christian McCaffrey's injury, mm -hmm. does he look to go with to Robbie Anderson a little bit more, who hasn't had a lot of targets so far this season, hasn't had too much production, though we are only three weeks into the NFL season. Week four definitely poses that as a potential challenge here. Obviously, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys are a very, very big challenge. So we'll see how they do here. I like the pick on Sam Darnold. You know, are there any other quarterbacks that, you know, fantasy football managers should maybe take a look at this week? Yeah, I think one more kind of thing take need to take a look at. And it's in fantasy, we love getting that rushing upside because it can help offset some struggles or inefficiencies that a quarterback has in the passing game. One that's been surprising a lot of people is going to be Daniel Jones, who's kind of taking that second step that we always kind of wanted him to do. 
when he's not, you know, laying face down in the dirt on a wide open run, he's actually playing some pretty good football. He's averaging almost 60 yards on the ground per game, 260 yards passing. He's going to get you those extra yards on the ground, potentially a couple touchdowns. And he's got, he's got two rushing touchdowns already on the year. Saquon Barkley is looking much better, so we do expect to see him take some of that volume. But a lot of Daniel Jones' runs aren't necessarily your designed, you know, your, your read options and just take and go. A lot of these reads are he's coming, he's scanning the defense, looking to throw the ball first, which might be an issue this week given the injuries that the, the uh, New York Giants have had. But then he tucks it and takes off, and he's he has that speed that – slightly fools a lot of linebackers and their angles, picks up those yards throughout the game, going up against New Orleans Saints this week, which is not a great matchup. The Saints still do have a very good defense, um, but it's one of those guys like for that rushing floor does kind of raise his ceiling a little bit. He'd be a QB two this week. Yeah, I think you make a great point there. And obviously you touched on the injuries to Sterling Shepard and even Darius Slayton, guys yes. dealing with hamstring injuries. It was nice to see Evan Ingram make his return. Obviously you have Kenny Galladay there, but it goes back to what you had said that Daniel Jones, you know, if you find yourself in a goal line situation, he may just quarterback sneak it, which yeah. does give you a little bit more volume in terms of your fantasy points versus just the passing game, which is very tough against the New Orleans Saints who are coming off of a very strong performance against the New England Patriots on the road. They made Mac Jones' life miserable in Sunday's Week 3 action. Now, transitioning to the running back position here, Tommy, who are some running back targets that you feel like fantasy football managers should maybe take a look at in their waiver wires this week? We touched on the one already with Carolina Panthers. That's going to be Chuba Hubbard. The problem he has, he has an impossible job. That's to replace the irreplaceable in Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Chuba Hubbard, we saw him have an outstanding season at Oklahoma State when he set the uh, the, the uh, record for the year um, as a rusher and came up in the Heisman Trophy conversation for the very next year. But we saw him have a very down season. Now, granted, Oklahoma State had some major issues that year between offensive line, Spencer Sanders and the team could not get the offensive going. So you just saw a, a rough season for everyone overall in that 2020 college football season, especially with the Big 12, how everything happened. Um, but he's coming. He played well um, when he came in and handled uh, in the role for Chris McCaffrey. He had 11 rushes for 52 yards, did add 27 on three of five targets, didn't score, but 75, but 79 yards in a game where he never would expect to see that kind of volume because Chris McCaffrey at that point was averaging almost 30 touches per game. So it's not like he was seeing a lot of, of the snap share of the running back targets at that point. He's going to get a lot of run. It's just a matter of how long until McCaffrey does come back. Because once he does, this role is gone. But if you need that two-week kind of fill-in until McCaffrey is back on the field, Chuba Hubbard could be a nice little pickup. He's got a decent little game this week against the Dallas Cowboys. The, the interesting thing about the Dallas Cowboys is that they have yet to allow a touchdown to running back so far. So while Chuba might see that 12 to 16 touch uh, uh, performance this week, Finding the end zone is going to be a little more difficult, so that's why we kind of expect, you know, Sam Darnold, while we talked about him, to possibly have a little bit better of a game while he tries to carry that offense. Well, and I'll even throw an interesting point, too. You know, what about Royce Freeman here? Obviously, he's yeah. the other guy behind him. With a guy like Christian McCaffrey out, and you have Chuba Hubbard, Royce Freeman's a bigger, bulkier back. Do you feel like mm -hmm. they might split the share between those guys, or do you might see it go in favor of, of Hubbard here? I wouldn't be surprised if they do do a little bit of a rotation with Royce Freeman, especially like I said, I was talking about on those those third down kind of goal line packages, things like that. Those almost kind of that first and second down too. sometimes and just, hey, let's pick up a little bit of a chunk of yards where I think you do get a little bit more of the upside with Chuba Hubbard is he brings that elite speed that we saw. Um, he's got world class speed. So and if he, if he gets even in the secondary, he's gone like he's not going to get caught. Where with Freeman, you're going to be a little more reliant on him trying to get those red zone opportunities and try to score that touchdown. If you're in a deeper league, 
uh, he does make a lot of sense for Royce Freeman, but I think majority of people are probably going to look to target Chuba Hubbard, given that he probably will be that main running back for the team, and especially yeah. also in the passing game. Yeah, it was surprising, you know, covering the Denver Broncos, uh, you know, a few years ago in 2019, Royce Freeman was the Broncos' third leading receiver, which was so odd considering, obviously, you have Cortland Sutton and, you mm -hmm. know, another guy, Deshaun Hamilton was the number two guy, and then you had yeah. just Royce. It was it was one of the craziest things. Obviously, you know, wish Royce Freeman the best in Carolina. I, I hope they can mm -hmm. find a way to utilize him. I do think he can still contribute at a high level. But keep an eye on Chuba Hubbard for your waiver wire targets this week, according to Tommy. Now, Let's talk about wide receivers, and I tell you what, this is a position right now that we're looking at. You know, you're looking at some of the cornerback needy teams around the NFL, but you're also looking at wide receiver. There's a lot of injuries that have happened so far, and there's a lot of guys that will be elevated due to that. Who are some waiver wire targets you feel like fantasy football managers should take a look at this week, considering some of the injuries across the NFL? I think the first we've got to look at is going to be Tim Patrick. It's a guy who we've kind of brought up on this show for several weeks at this point. The Denver Broncos fell in love with Tim Patrick, and we knew he was going to be a big part of the game last season. We saw him have a great scene. That's also now transitioned into this year. He now has uh, touchdowns in the first two games last week, caught all five of his targets for 98 yards against the New York Jets in what was a, a very Vic Fangio game. <laughs> Win on the defense, score when you have to, and just get out of the game and look dominant in that one. And, and Tim Patrick brings that size that is perfect for Teddy Bridgewater. Pairs very well with Cortland Sutton. We know he's going to get um, a lot of these looks with K.J. Hamler now out for the season with a torn ACL. You hate to see that for someone who's really starting to come into his own in the NFL in his second year out of Penn State. So I think Tim Patrick, especially given the injury, he's probably going to see a lot more volume in week four. Yeah, and I can tell you this, watching Tim Patrick, you know, I cover the Broncos every single day, and the one thing I've noticed about him, he's just a grinder. He's got this underdog mentality, and yep. Akeem Talib had just said it best, too. In 2017, Tim Patrick was on the practice squad for the Broncos, and Akeem Talib and Chris Harris Jr. each said, this guy gave us hell every single week as a receiver. He was hard to cover. He's a big body guy. And so far, as you mentioned, we have seen that from him so far this week. And I think that with KJ's injury as well, not to mention with Jerry Judy out, those two guys will be heavily featured on the outside. And even Tim Patrick, he'll line up in the slot a little bit. So if you are a fantasy football manager, make sure you take advantage of Tim Patrick. If he's available, put in a claim on him this week. But what about a, a certain wide receiver down there in Buffalo here, uh, Tommy? I know uh, we talked about him a little bit last week, and obviously he had a big game against the Washington football team, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, Sanders, he's been that veteran that we all kind of wonder, okay, who's going to be that wide receiver two, wide receiver three for the Buffalo Bills? You obviously have Stephon Diggs, who is the premier, one of the best receivers in the NFL. Then you had, okay, who's next at that point? You have the up-and-comer and Gabriel Davis. You have Cole Beasley, who is always going to be a target machine. But look, Emmanuel Sanders is doing those things that you love to see out of that veteran, why they brought him in. Catches five of six targets for 94 yards. He gets those two touchdowns against Washington. He actually led the team in routes, ran, and snaps last week, which is a little bit of a surprising thing, especially given the fact that both Diggs and Beasley uh, led the team in targets. This week he gets Houston. Quite frankly, look, the Bills are starting to look like the Bills we thought they would be. And this week they get the Houston Texans because, quite frankly, that's, that could be a bloodbath, especially given yeah. the way that the Buffalo Bills just came out and just routed the Washington football team. So, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders this week, hot claim coming up on waivers. Definitely going to make sure to get him. And if you do get him this week, he's got wide receiver three upside, especially if you can find that end zone again. Well, you know, I'm not going to make the mistake I did in week three. I'm going to start Emmanuel Sanders this week because I sat him on the bench and, you know, I had A.J. Brown in my lineup. He went down with a hamstring injury and Emmanuel oh. Sanders goes off. It was a brutal week, but, you know, Tommy, I still came out ahead in my fantasy game in my matchup. Yes, Emmanuel Sanders, I will not 
sit him again, but I appreciate that. Obviously, great insight here from you, Tommy. I've learned a lot in my fantasy lines by just listening to you and Eric Moody. Obviously, we want to wish Eric the best as he's taking on new ventures. Obviously, congratulations to him, a gig at ESPN. So that is why you were not hearing him or seeing him here on this podcast. Major love to uh, to Eric Moody. But, Tommy, let's get to the tight end position now. One of the more interesting positions in fantasy football so far this year. We've seen Pretty a lot nice of wide team. receivers get that. But who do, who do fantasy football managers target this week at tight end? Because we just haven't seen as much production from them really outside of Rob Gronkowski, who's been the, the primary guy in fantasy this year. Yeah, it's one of those things like when we're looking at waivers, looking for guys who we think can be immediate producers and they can help you try to win a week. At the tight end position, like the expectations have to change because you have like a handful you know, let's say like nine players week in and week out who you think they're going to be reliable starters. From that point on, we're throwing darts at this point in the dark. Uh, you're trying to shoot for someone who can probably maybe get you that that touchdown who maybe can get around like four or five targets a game because that's about all it takes anymore to be a high end tight, tight end too. I think one thing to take a look at is going to be Tyler Conklin. It's a guy we've brought up several times on the shows, tight end for Minnesota. Uh, last week caught seven passes um, for 70 yards, got that touchdown in the week three win over Seattle. Um, and quite frankly, he needed it. He only had six receptions for 56 yards coming into that game, which is kind of surprising given the how Mike Zimmer really kind of talked him up. When they when Kyle Rudolph left the team in frames and went to the New York Giants, when he was asked about if he thought this would be a bigger opportunity for Irv Smith, who is now out of the season, he actually redirected the question and said, I think it's a bigger opportunity for Tyler Conklin. During those last four games last year when we saw Irv Smith kind of break out, Conklin had almost exactly the same stats, but just wasn't getting the praise because he doesn't have the high draft capital. He may never be the main guy for Minnesota. Obviously, when you have Jamar Jefferson, uh, you have Justin Jefferson and you have um, Adam Thielen in the red zone, but he's going to get some of that volume. He goes up against Cleveland, who's actually given up the 13 most points uh, per game to the receiver to tight ends, but they actually give up the league lead at 13.5 points per reception to tight ends. So if he's going to get some volume, you might see a guy who might come in around, you know, double digits um, in fancy points this week. Absolutely. A lot of great insight here from Tommy Garrett, fantasy analyst at ProFootballNetwork.com. And every single day you can check out his amazing written work, ProFootballNetwork.com. Make sure you're staying in the loop. But in the mood for fantasy football, we are transitioning to three episodes per week. You're going to get waiver wire. You're going to get injury reports. You're going to get your start sit, your normal. And we're going to add some panelists here to the In the Mood for Fantasy Football podcast. We are always in the move for fantasy football because we need to know who to put in our lineups and Tommy Garrett is one of the best in terms of telling us who we should do that. So I'm going to listen to Tommy's advice and if you're a fantasy football manager you should as well for your waiver wire targets here in week four. But with that said, thank you so much for tuning in to In the Move for Fantasy Football. We'll see you on Friday for a start-sit episode of the show.